Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tipsy's F1 podcast. I'm your host, Tipsy Pineapple, and this, as much as I like to always say that I'm going to stop counting the episode numbers, that's probably going to be a meme from now on. This is episode 11 because I am counting the numbers because every time I start making plans to record another episode, I look at, oh, what's the previous episode I spoke about on? And I always leave the episode number there, which the last one is 10. So we have officially broken through past 10 episodes. You know, a lot of people, they try stuff and they they end up, I don't know, seeing how it goes after 10 episodes and, and that's about it. We, uh, we're getting there. Um, I think soon we'll hit like a hundred plays on the various podcasting platforms, which is great. I think YouTube's doing a bit better. So again, you YouTube guys listening out there, I really appreciate you. You guys on Spotify. I think a lot of people on Stitcher, which I didn't even know was a platform, but that's amazing. I, I get to see analytics and it's just nice to see the people are listening throughout the show and enjoying it. And yeah. I just wanted to mention if you are enjoying the content, please leave a like on the video or follow us on Spotify or whatever podcasting platform you're using. And if your podcasting platform has an ability to leave some sort of positive review, like it could just be a five-star review, it could be a thumbs up or whatever, I would really appreciate that. It would really help out the podcast. Anyway, let's dive in to the F1 news of the week. One of the big things that came up earlier this week was that McLaren has shuffled their staff order around. I haven't really made notes on that too much. All I know is their their main technical guy is is leaving and they're splitting their their technology role into like three different roles. They're kind of doing what the FIA did after like Michael Massey messed things up in 2021. And I mean if we look at what has come out of that by splitting out that race direction role to various roles it didn't work out well for the FIA, but you know, hopefully it works out well for McLaren. You know what they say, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. But McLaren's very broken right now, so so it makes sense that they're trying to do whatever they can to fix it. Unfortunately, we're probably not going to see much come out of them in the meantime. This kind of change takes a long time to let, you know, the results come into effect. So it's a little bit discouraging because I heard a lot earlier on in the season them saying like, oh no, by the time Baku comes, which is the next race after the Australian Grand Prix, by the time Baku comes, it's going to be a much better car because they're they're bringing all these upgrades. And now knowing that they're changing their engineering team and, and just completely shuffling the staff order there. It doesn't leave you with very high hopes because I thought, hey, they're actually going to come back and do well. Now I'm more like, oh... They're pretty much writing off the season and they'll come back like next season. I don't know. We'll see. The only upside to them right now is that I think McLaren is a team that has a lot of money. So the the money that they'd win, the prize money at the end of the season doesn't matter to them as much. And this actually gives them more aero time and wind tunnel time going into next season, which should help them develop a better car and, and catch up to the competition. This is kind of my opinion, like which makes me more excited for the season, is that... The car's development, Red Bull doesn't have anyone to copy, so they can only try and improve on their own car so much. When the other teams can learn more and more about other winning cars, they can learn about Red Bull, they can learn about Aston and see what Aston's doing right. Aston can see what they're doing wrong versus Red Bull, so they all have the opportunity to jump forward in development. And Red Bull's also hindered by the fact that they have that cost cap breach last year, which meant that this year they are going to have less development time uh, all like less development resources. So 
it makes the season a bit more exciting because it does mean that hey they could catch up to each other and if we keep having max and perez neck and neck with each other and fighting they could take points off each other and give opportunities to aston to maybe make up some points and actually put alonso in there with a fight okay i can dream it's probably not going to happen but it's nice to know that the field might get even closer if you look at the rest of the field if you ignore red bull it's a very close field so this this is getting me quite excited in other news we have stefano Domenicali. He, he made a statement uh, at some autosports event. I'm not too sure what it was. But his statement was something along the lines of getting rid of F1 practice sessions. I think he said he's in favor of getting rid of them. Which obviously he probably just said off the cuff like, oh, you know what, we're thinking of replacing them with something a little bit more engaging for fans. Which is, uh, obviously, as you can understand, a lot of people on Twitter especially, but everywhere really have been complaining about that statement saying like wow could you do this practices are so important and i mean they're kind of right i really enjoy practice sessions in the sense that there's something i just put on while i'm working on the side on fridays it's really nice to just it's almost like a live podcast with something actual like interesting to to watch and talk about like cars on tracks you get to kind of see how they're doing now and then an incident happens where someone will spin out and wreck their car and that will ruin their weekend there's just it's there's a lot to look at for practice sessions. I mean, yeah, it does make qualifying slightly less exciting because you have a better idea of how they're going to do. But even in practice sessions, they aren't giving their all, so you never really know what's going to happen. And it can it's like your first taste of the weekend, so the whole weekend builds up. I I really I like practice sessions the way they are. To be fair, also like the uh you know the sprint race formats, they're not doing that this weekend. They that is a thing. I'll talk about that in a second actually, but. Twitter came up with some cool, like people on Twitter, not Twitter itself. People on Twitter, I was just reading posts from Matt and Tommy from the P1 podcast. They they were asking fans like, what would you do to replace the sprint races? And well, it wasn't the sprint races, it was the practice sessions. But yeah, one of the things was, yeah, more sprint races. Another one was they should do the practice sessions in a reverse track grid which i thought was hilarious that that sounds pretty cool actually because then they get to practice just to make sure that their car is set up in the sense but like it won't be set up exactly for the track i mean if you think about the way they're set up for tracks they are actually setting it up perfectly for the track but you know it's the same race distance and the the length of the straights are the same so they get something out of it but the drivers don't get as much experience so it makes their qualifying sessions even more interesting but then someone some wise smart person was like oh no the reverse formats are not actually um i don't know certified f1 tracks to which i say who cares i don't i don't care if it doesn't like meet their standards like it's not for the race it's for practicing if they if they want to like you know push all out and and risk damaging their car on this track that's done wrong then yeah who who cares anyways that's all the pipe dream obviously not gonna happen i think another person mentioned like they should do this old school le mans start thing i think it was that where you know they start and they have to race to their cars but instead of racing to their own cars they can race to any of the cars on the grid and watch everyone fight for the red bull um obviously also not gonna happen but funny idea uh i like I like seeing these little pipe dream ideas. And then in general, I think most people are just thinking, yeah, let's do more sprint races. Now, another thing that they've been bringing up is the idea of, you know, maybe following what the F2 and F3 sprint race, well, the, the F2 and F3 events, the way their weekend structured is quite cool because I think they, they pretty much have like one practice session 
and then they have qualifying on that same day and then the next day is a sprint race and then the next day is a feature race so you have less practice sessions you have two races you have you still have qualifying but you have the the way f2 and f3 work is the sprint race is actually a reverse grid not really like a reverse grid where first is in last but the top 10 get reversed so if you qualified first then in the sprint race you will start 10th the guy qualified second would start ninth the guy qualified third would start eighth etc until you meet in the middle so the guy who qualifies 10th starts first which just like makes it interesting because obviously everyone's going to push to try and make that top 10 because it's going to be huge for them but you know if you come 10th it's not like the end of the world because you're like hey i can make some extra points at the sprint race if i can keep my pace up i really like that idea i've been watching it lately and i just thought it was really enjoyable I think especially in F2, I thought that Theo Porsche was going to dominate. Obviously, he didn't. He uh, he crashed in Jeddah, but he was dominating in Bahrain. Like, he was so far ahead of the competition. But because of that, in the sprint race, he had to start 10th, which meant that you got to see him do that fight up the field. And, you know, he didn't win, but it gave someone else the opportunity to win a race. I think it was Ralph Boschan, which is... Oh, I can't wait to do it podcast dedicated to f2 because these drivers are they've got interesting stories and these are the potential next people for f1 and bear in mind f2 and f3 are spec series so you don't have like one car better than the other car i mean they kind of can be slightly better but it's mostly about how they set them up for the weekend and how they they use that practice time wisely and oh it's just way more in the hands of the driver which is very exciting but yes that's that's also an option for ditching practice sessions where you have your practice on a friday and then qualify on friday nights and then sprint race where it's reverse grid makes it a bit more interesting like qualifying still decides where you start on sunday where most of the points will be gained but you have that sprint format which just makes it more interesting and then you have the sunday race where that's the full feature race yeah i'm excited but speaking about f2 and f3 that's the last bit of f1 news this week is F2 and F3 are going to Australia for the first time. I guess that's not news this week. You know, it's news coming to like to light this week because they announced at the start of the season or, or last season already, but F2 and F3 are going to Australia. And this weekend, the Grand Prix is happening in Australia. So very excited for that. I think everyone's super, super amped for that. It's going to be great. I think for the F2 and F3 teams, the one thing for them is they're probably worried about finances because they don't have as much money as F1 does. And that's going to be a very expensive endeavor to move all their stuff down to Australia because usually the F2, F3 races are all happening around Europe and the Middle East. They don't travel too far out of there. So this trip all the way out to Australia, that's a trek and a half. It's going to be crazy. And that's been it for the F1 news this week. Now let's move on to the other portion of my podcast where we are in this pre-Australian race chat, what's going to happen. Let's talk about my predictions for the race weekend. I'll start with actual event predictions and then we'll go on to the driver result predictions. So I'm just going to make three bold claims, completely random. I didn't really think about this too much, but I think we're going to have a red flag in practice too, mainly because statistically I think that's more likely just based on the fact that practice two is usually matching the race conditions and the qualifying conditions so that's usually when the drivers are going all out to see what their quality times can be and they'll push a bit harder so when they're pushing harder they're more likely to make mistakes i just think it'll be a cool situation my second race event prediction is for one safety car to happen in the race not two not none one and i think the safety car 
this is my bold prediction, is going to be caused by something going wrong with Perez. Now, I'm not going to say what's going to go wrong with him, because that would be too bold. But it could be a collision with Max, where Max ends up okay, but Perez has to take the brunt of it and ends up, you know, causing a safety car and either finishing badly or DNFing. So that's the one thing. I think that Perez will cause a safety car. Or, like, not that he himself causes it, but he'll be involved in a situation that causes a safety car. Whether it's a crash, whether it is mechanical failure, I think he's more likely to have mechanical failure because nothing bad has happened to his car yet, so they haven't had to replace anything. But as you can see, bad stuff happened to Max in the last race weekend in qualifying. So maybe in the race, Perez gets hit with that bad luck of reliability. I think for Red Bull as a whole, that's going to be very good for everyone there except Perez because then the fight with Max is going to be a little bit less tense because Max will be having that dominating lead. And right now, the fact that they kind of level on points does mean that you know, like things could get pretty spicy, especially if Max has a bad weekend when Perez is leading the Drivers' Championship by far. I think that could cause some chaos. Anyways, that's one of my race event predictions. My last race event prediction is that Oscar Piastri is going to DNF at his home race. I just think McLaren's been unlucky and I just imagine that streak might continue. Oscar did a great job in Jeddah, then just got very unlucky with a uh, collision with, was it with Gasly? I think it was with Gasly, I can't even remember. I spoke about it in my last podcast. But he had a, a collision with another driver, which was not Oscar's fault, but he just got unlucky. And I think a similar thing might happen this weekend. I think he's going to qualify well and he's just going to have a bad bad incident in the race like early on most likely either that or he'll have mechanical failures again uh one of those two we'll see i think people have been joking about mclaren's strategy of saying like well if we break everything before the australian grand prix we'll save a lot of money on the cost cap because we don't have to ship as many parts down to australia so they're saving on all their transport costs anyways i really hope that that prediction doesn't come true i also hope that the the safety car one doesn't come true because that's just, like, boring. A red flag in practice, too. I think that will be fun and exciting. I don't know who will cause it if it happens. But, yeah, my other two predictions are more like, I hope this doesn't happen. But, you know, it's F1. Everything you hope happens doesn't. So let's just see what goes on. On to my driver results predictions section of the podcast. I am going to predict that we will have a Verstappen, like, pole position and winning, dominating the race. Obviously... I think the Perez will qualify well, but I think, you know, as I mentioned in my race event predictions, I just think he's going to DNF or, or perform badly due to something unlucky happening to him. Then I wanted to do my next pretty boldish prediction. It's not that bold. It's just like, because I'm predicting Perez won't be on on the podium or even scoring points, I predict that the rest of the podium is going to be shared by teammates Alonso and Stroll from Aston Martin. And, uh, like, I mean, Alonso, if Perez isn't there, Alonso is going to be there. Like, something bad has to happen to Alonso for him to not get a podium. I think it's just kind of expected now that Alonso is going to be targeting podiums every race. But this time, it will be second instead of third. And Stroll will take that third spot. Hopefully, nothing bad happens to Stroll this weekend. I know Australia hasn't been Stroll's best track. Alonso was doing really well in Australia last, last year. Last year, he broke his hand still continued to race, was doing really well, and then because he was driving an Alpine, his car was failing mechanically. But now he's not in a terrible car, so hopefully this time Alonso will dominate. But if we go with the same logic I had with my race event predictions, 
Alonso's probably going to have some mechanical failure, like just like Perez might, as I'm saying in my other predictions. But I wanted to talk about Alonso and Stroll. They're having this little, like, I don't know if any of you have played or watched playthroughs of the F1, like, game. F1 22. I think it's 22. But the F1 game, and they have the story mode. It might have been F1 21. I don't even remember. But there was a story mode where you had the two main characters were Casper Cass Ackerman, which is like the older driver, and then Aiden Jackson, which is the young and upcoming driver and so excited. And they have this big falling out, and then Casper is like, no, I'm going to retire, and now I want to leave my legacy on on pushing Aiden, like the younger kid in my team, to do well. Like they have a, a bit of a fight, and then they like become friends again. It's like a complete misunderstanding. Alonso and Stroll give me that vibe. It just makes me think like, oh, it's like that, except... Alonso and Stroll haven't had a falling out. I just feel like Alonso is doing such a little good job nurturing little Stroll because everyone hated Stroll and now that Alonso's come along, everyone actually... Okay, I'll say everyone. I like Stroll. I, I'm starting to really like Stroll. I think, like, he's just coming out of his shell. He's being a bit more exciting to, like, actually see and interact with. He's been doing phenomenally well based on, you know, he had his accident, so he's freaking driving the car with, like two broken wrists and he's, he's he's doing it and it just it makes me very happy to see him performing well it's just i think it's fantastic but that rounds off the podium for Stefan alonso stroll i'm gonna go all the way to 10th with points because i i just i want to do my rest of predictions obviously i usually do the top five i think in fourth place we're going to get charlotte claire then in fifth we're going to get hamilton then in sixth we're going to get science seventh russell so you're going to have the mercedes and ferraris kind of swapping around each other i think it's going to be tight but i think leclerc will come out on top because this time he won't start so far back and it's just going to be that you know the astons do well so they'll get ahead of leclerc and science hamilton russell so leclerc fourth hamilton fifth science sixth russell seventh and then this is a pretty safe prediction i think that the best of the rest from there will be the alpines which will be, I think Gazoo will come 8th, and then Ocon 9th. And in that final position, because Perez is not up there, he's not like there, that top 10 expected points position holders, I think that Albon is going to have another flying moment, lap, whatever you want to call it, a phenomenal race from Albon. I think he's going to get that 10th spot. Um, I think it would be cool if it went to Oscar Piastri, but I've made the bold prediction that Oscar Piastri is going to have an unlucky home race. In which case, I think that Alex will just do well because he has, like, done pretty well. Um, as usual with my driver's result predictions, I, I hope I'm wrong because when things don't go as we predict, I think it's more interesting. But if I'm right, then at least I get to say, haha, I told you so. In which case, I'm going to tell you all about that next week. I'm very excited. I hope that you guys enjoy the rest of the week. For those of you who are like me, having to wake up really early for practice sessions and qualifying and races. Enjoy the fact that you'll have half a weekend to enjoy things because you're not going to be spending the afternoons watching your race. You'll be watching it first thing in the day and then moving on and feeling somewhat empty on your Saturday full day and Sunday full day when the race is already done. That's how I felt during last year's Australian Grand Prix. It's how I felt during last year's Japanese Grand Prix. These really early morning races are... They're interesting. They're tough to deal with. And I mean, I can't complain. I think being in the European time zone, me, I'm in South Africa, so it's GMT plus two. We have, the races are quite nicely scheduled around us. Like even when they're in the Americas, it's just a late night right, race, which is, is like a night race. It's, it's really fun and really enjoyable. Either ways, 
Guys, that's going to be it for the episode. I hope you've enjoyed. Again, if you're listening on Spotify, please give me a follow. If you're listening on anything else, follow me there. If you're able to give a review on your podcasting platform, if you've enjoyed it, positive reviews will go a long way for me. It helps me with podcasts. And and if you're watching on YouTube, like the video and subscribe if you haven't done so already. I'll catch you guys next time. I hope you enjoy the race weekend and can't wait to talk about it. We might have a post-qualifying show. We'll just see how the weekend goes. But chat to you then. Cheers, cheers.